0: On this episode of Common Mystics, we revisit one of our past adventures to give voice to another spirit who we believe deserves to be heard. I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. We are Common Mystics. We find extraordinary stories in ordinary places. And today, we're telling the story of York, an important member of the Lewis and Clark Expedition. Jennifer. Talk to me. You know what we do? We drive around.
1: We use our spidey senses to feel out stories. And then we have to determine who is the voiceless that we are trying to give voice to, right? Right. But sometimes when we do the research, there can be multiple people that need a voice. So we have to make a decision intuitively, right?
0: That is 100% accurate.
1: But sometimes, sometimes... The spirit that we're like, not this time, won't leave us. They're not done with us. And that had been the case with the spirit we are giving voice to today. Absolutely. No, well put. Mm Mm-hmm. Well put. So tell me a little bit about York and why we decided to have him be our very first More Voices from the Road.
0: Well, you might remember that we did our road trip out west last year. I do and we were in Missouri, Oklahoma Arkansas South Dakota, Illinois mm-hmm yes when we were out that way we discovered the story of James Beckworth do you remember um I know I remember what do you remember <laughs> um well I remember he was season 2 episode 10. do you remember speed dating him <laughs> in spirit you know. You're very funny. He came on very strongly. Mm-hmm. He had a strong, <laughs> confident energy. Mm-hmm. His voice was like charismatic <laughs> and clear. No, seriously. And, and you were like playing with like, your hair in the car. Like I'm <laughs> entirely having a mediumship experience right now. No, really.
1: I, I really know. was. <laughs> you really were. He made me feel special. <laughs> Did he not talk to all the mediums like this? He did. He does not talk to
0: all the mediums that way. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I was, I was very special. To him. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, seriously, but his voice was so clear and he was such a self promoter. And even though I was feeling like a slave energy, remember? And I, and I kept so, asking yeah. him like, are, are you a slave? And he kept it's, telling it's me. It's cool if yeah. you are. It's cool if
1: you are. Right. right? Like right. we
0: can still talk. <laughs> Right, 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 right. But he was all, no, I am important. I am important, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, but that – so we went with James Beckworth. There's a whole episode about him, a really interesting person, huge ego, self-promoter. Even at the time, he was thought to be a bragger and a liar, right? Yeah. I'm going to stop
1: you there because this episode is about York. (laughs) So let me just bring it back. So you're right. We were you were feeling that you had that whole date um with James Beckworth, but we were also feeling other energies. Like you said, slave energy. And then I was feeling a marginalized person that was used mm-hmm. as a pawn in um in dangerous situations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's not James Beckworth.
0: No. No. But, not at all.
1: Yeah. When we did the
0: research, we discovered York. We did. And he is a pretty fascinating character who was a part of the Lewis and Clark expedition. So
1: like during the trip, Lewis and Clark was like all like apparently we were like traveling the same route. Lewis and like in Illinois, there was Lewis and Clark in in Missouri, in art like it was just so weird. It was almost like everywhere we went, there was something about Lewis and Clark. There was an obelisk on the side of the highway that was like Lewis and Clark's friend died here. And we're like, who? What is happening?
0: Yeah, you're right. That was super weird, and we kept, you know, following the spirits. We never know where we're going to end up, or even where we're going. And in this case, we kept running along, uh, running into signs and signals. That Lewis and Clark was there or that we were on their route like throughout the entire road trip exactly like it we could not get away to the point where we both said okay so we have a story that has something to do with Lewis and Clark we don't know what it is mm-hmm. but we got you we got you can stop yeah, now exactly you're we, uh, kind we of monopolizing the energy <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely you're right
0: you're absolutely right yes that that was very true thank you for reminding me of that but 100
1: tell me a little bit about their expedition.
0: Well, you might remember Thomas Jefferson in 1803 had this great deal where he purchased something called the Louisiana Territory from France. Mm-hmm. It was a huge, huge area, over 800,000 square miles, and it effectively doubled the size of the United States overnight, literally.
1: Didn't Napoleon give Thomas Jefferson like clearance price for this land? Like it was like the best land deal. Like still. It was crazy. It was like three cents an acre.
0: But yeah, it was a great deal. So the French owned this land? Well, they claimed it, but they didn't actually control a lot of it. Like there were French settlements here and there, but it's not like they controlled it at all because, of course, there were Native Americans living on this vast expanse of land that, by the way, was west of the Mississippi and also stretched from modern day Louisiana up to montana and into modern-day canada so huge huge area so when napoleon like
1: quote-unquote sold the land to jefferson what he was really saying is like if you want to use this land or have this land be a part of america you can either fight us and the natives for it or you can just pay me and then you can just fight the natives right like he was essentially just buying off like because otherwise we're we're gonna
0: have to get in the fight and might as well just give me money for it Right. You know, the United States really just bought the right to be the ones to push the uh, Native Americans off the land, Eww. to put it very bluntly. Yeah, very. So you have Thomas Jefferson, right? And he mm-hmm. just buys this immense piece of property. The first thing he wants to do is explore it. All right. Let's 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 see what's out there. Yeah. Now, what do we do with it? Like Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So President Jefferson has a personal secretary by the name of Meriwether Lewis. Great name, by the way. I don't like the name. I I knew you were going to say no. Great it's name. A terrible, I love the name it's a Weather. Stupid name. I would name my dog Merryweather. No, you wouldn't, because you I would, would not, not
1: stand at the back door and say Merryweather. You would not. You do don't that. know me. No, you, I do. I, I do. I just. Yeah, I do, do know that. you, and
0: you would never would do that. I probably shorten it to Mary. Whatever. We it would can be a good name for a straight name, or a it lake. should come back into fashion. It, absolutely not. Absolutely so Meriwether, Meriwether Lewis became in charge of this massive undertaking to basically go explore this area mm-hmm. and bring back information about, you know, what's there and also find the Northwest passage.
1: Okay. Literally, I have to tell you something. I just did the research. What is it? I was trying to figure out why people thought that there was a Northwest passage. Remember, I told you yesterday that I like like was researching it. Yeah. Well, as it turns out, The reason why people believed it is because Columbus believed it. Columbus. Yeah. Who was like the idea of the Northwest Passage came with Columbus. And I have never. It is awe inspiring to think of a man so celebrated who has been so wrong throughout history. Like everything he's known for. He's completely wrong about.
0: Yeah. He is like the poster boy for misinformation. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, poor Columbus. I know poor he's Columbus. no longer celebrated. He's ass. no longer celebrated today. I kind of feel bad, but this is not about Columbus. So let's get back to Meriwether. He was Meriwether.
1: <laughs> he was. I let's mean, really,
0: really wrong, though. That's all I'm saying. I, I know. I know. hundred percent. Yes. Like I said, mm-hmm. poster child. Okay. So, um yeah. So Meriwether Lewis. I'm just gonna call him Lewis, even though I love his first name. Was in charge of this project, right? And the first thing he does is he's like, "Okay, I need like a second hand man, kind of like Danny Zuko needs um, Kaniki. What's his name?
1: Kaniki is a second, right? Mm-hmm. He's a wingman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do not know. Check the yellow pages. I don't know.
0: Come <laughs> on. So he chooses as his second Clark William Clark. And they knew each other in the army. He really respected them. And he's like, I have this big job and I need you. Will you be my second? And they were like, "Okay, cool. So they have to decide um, how to recruit a bunch of men who are willing to go and do this extremely dangerous, exciting kind of adventure. What kind of men were they looking for? They were looking for, first of all, unmarried men who wouldn't be leaving behind wives and families, healthy men who were good hunters and had some survival skills since they Mm -hmm. were going to be literally out in the middle of nowhere. Mandatory. And also they chose military men for the most part. But they would end up with 45 people in total who would go along, um, including Lewis Clark, 27 unmarried soldiers, a French and Indian interpreter Um, They contracted a boat crew and Mm. also an enslaved man owned by Clark by the name of York.
1: I love York.
0: I know I do too. I really do. Tell me a little bit about York. Do you want me to skip over this part and just talk about York? No, I just like him. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll tell you a little about him in a minute. (laughs) But before I tell you about York, I just want to tell you that this excursion It lasted for two years, and it was super hard, as you might imagine, super, super demanding. They had harsh weather along the way, unforgiving terrain. They were in treacherous waters. There were injury. There was starvation. There was disease. And they met tribal people. Some were friendly, and some were hostile.
1: I was watching the Ken Burns documentary. About Lewis and Clark? Yes. It's great, by the it way. It is great. I saw it too. Sam Waterston, his voice. He, he can, can do, do no wrong. Oh my gosh. Right up there with him. Morgan Freeman. Okay. But in the documentary, to put context to what you're saying, is there like even astronauts that went to the moon had some idea of what the moon was like. They had seen pictures of it before going. They're like these people had absolutely no clue. They were thinking mountains the way they were thinking about the the Appalachian Mountains or the Smoky Mountains. They were thinking bears, like little baby bears, and not grizzly bears. Like there's <laughs> a lot that they were like, oh, you know, I mountains. And there was one part where they're like a, a native was like, hey guys, there are mountains over there. You guys are gonna have to go through some mountain because they were kind of giving them like a timetable of what their expectation was. And Lewis was like. I think we'll be, I don't know, the Pacific like in a month. And the native was like, there are mountains. And then Lewis was like, yeah, I know mountains. And then they saw the mountains and they were like,
0: the rockies.
1: And and they noticed that it was snowing at the peaks in like July. And they were like,
0: yeah, Uh, we didn't prepare for that. (laughs) Yeah, I would have turned back. I would have been like, (laughs) like, catch y'all later. Well, good thing you were not in charge (laughs) because they did not turn back. And actually, they got back and they were celebrated. It was a huge success. Although they did not identify a Northwest Passage because, spoiler alert, one didn't exist, they did bring back a lot of information about animal species Botanical samples, maps, geographical information. They initiated peace with a lot of the tri- of the tribal peoples. They only lost one person through death, and that was because of appendicitis, and that might have mm-hmm. happened at home. So, like, we went past that burial site like twice. Do you remember? I do. I do. I know that was crazy. We couldn't get away from it. Anyway, it was a huge success.
1: Oh, I have to tell you something else. <laughs> so. Before going on the expedition, Lewis, like, studied medicine and, like, astrology, like, like.
0: Yeah. He crammed. He did. He pulled some overnighters. Yeah.
1: For sure. But one of the things that he studied was medicine with, like, this famous Dr. Rush in um, Philadelphia. And Dr. Rush had, Rush, I can't say his name, had created a pill that was, like, a cure-all for everything called the, (laughs) yes, called the Thunderbolt. And it was a laxative. It was like, a, a, (laughs) yes, yes. So every time you're sick, like like you had a cramp or something, they'd be like, here you go. And they're like, can you imagine? Can you imagine having the shits in like the planes? Like, what would that be your
0: cure? And it's called the thunderbolt. Wow. That is funny AF. I would be like, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. I would never. I would be like, no, I'm good like I am so
1: good right now. I don't need any of that. <laughs>
0: Thunderbolt. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, oh, worst case scenario. So the men were paid well uh by their by modern standards for their efforts on this what was it? 36 a, months. That is a goddamn lie. <laughs> They Hold on. were, not, they Hold were on. not paid well. So Lewis and Clark, I mean, they were the leader, so they got the most compensation. Lewis earned over $2,700. OK, um, I have a calculator on my phone right now. <laughs> Let's plug it
1: in. We're going to plug in $2,776.22 in the year 1809? 1806 when they returned. OK in today's money
0: would be how much
1: it's embarrassing 63,980 dollars that's how much <sighs> meriwether okay. was paid for 36 months of his life not to mention the cramming he did beforehand
0: that is a jokeity joke yeah i mean when you put it that way it doesn't seem like enough like, he should have at least – yeah, that's not enough. $64,000 in today's money, that's – That's not – I mean, but, that – But, okay, but there's – but that wasn't everything. Months. But, Jill, that wasn't everything because he earned that paycheck, but he also earned 1,600 acres of land okay. west of the Mississippi. That was – Thomas
1: Jefferson was manipulative <laughs> AF because no one wants that land. That land, like, in the middle of nowhere, who's going to – Oh, you mean I can pack oh, up and land, move is to nowhere, Come on. land is valuable Land is to nowhere. Clark, to nowhere, Jennifer. Clark to nowhere. So Clark you have also 1600, got 1600 like what if someone's like here I'll I'll give you a mountain that mountain could be yours. If Jill. you spend 36 months of your life on like that's not enough. I'm Clark sorry, that's a joke. Clark
0: also got over $2000 plus 1600 acres of land. I'm sorry, that is a lot of land. And the men were all double paid too. So the sergeants received $16 a month or $192 annually plus 320 acres of land west of the Mississippi.
1: So what you just told me is that the men had been paid, the sergeants, excuse me, had been paid $370 a month.
0: That's nice. Um, oh wait, and then the have- privates, not dirty, oh, but it so sounds big. dirty. The privates earn ten dollars a month.
1: Plug this in my little handy. Oh, $230 a month? <laughs> plus, okay. three, plus $320. I can, pan-handle, acres of land. I can panhandle more money than that. <laughs> Literally, I can stand out of McDonald's, get like like with my hat and get more money than that. They were
0: on the adventure of a lifetime. And um, they were reimbursed, unlike York. What did he get? He got absolutely nothing. Now that 65000
1: does sound a little, or 63000 does sound a lot better. Poor York. Tell me, how did he get himself in this situation? I know you said that he was a slave to Clark. Tell me, what does that mean? Like, Because I'm thinking, when I think slave, I think, like, tilling the fields and like you know honestly that's my like how did he get chosen
0: all right let me tell you a little bit about york he was born around 1770 or 1775 nobody knows because they didn't really keep records on the birth of enslaved people and he died as far as researchers can tell sometime after 1815 so there's a lot unclear about his life What we do know is that he was the only African-American member of the Lewis and Clark Expedition. He Mm. participated in the entire exploration and made significant contributions to its success. He was the first African-American to cross the continent and see the Pacific Ocean. That's huge. Yes, 100%. York was born enslaved. He was the son of old York and Rose.
1: I love that we know
0: his parents' names. I know. That makes me feel good. Old York and Rose, who were owned by William Clark's father. So they were in the family. Uh, William inherited York from his father around 1799. And Mm. what we know about York personally is that he was a large man. His Mm. weight has been estimated to be about 200 pounds. That's my goal weight. (laughs) That's like prime Jill weight right there. (laughs) For real. Jill. I know it doesn't sound like a lot in today's standards, but early 1800s, people were a lot smaller. So the fact that he was 200 pounds meant that he was a a massive, a massive figure at the time.
1: So by that same logic... by that same logic yes. you're not in a you're not, fat
0: <laughs> you're just born too early i, I am the Jillian of the future <laughs> very futuristic if, if the
1: year in about a couple hundred years i am gonna be the right size exactly
0: exactly <laughs> anyway
1: <your>
0: <laughs> so york was about the same age as clark and he was naturally strong and his skin was really dark and this this is important later because it would it would come into play and part of his success that he uh, was quote unquote black as a bear is a quote that people like wrote about I like
1: him the bear reference that's mm-hmm. cute
0: mm-hmm. I know it is kind of cute. So William Clark called York his playmate early on because they kind of grew up together and they were about the same age. But later, uh, York would become Clark's, quote-unquote, body servant. Now, I didn't know what that meant, so I looked it up, and it's like a personal servant or valet. So he was someone who was enslaved but worked inside the house, Jill. He wasn't someone who was working out in the fields, to answer Mm. your question earlier.
1: It sounds like a horrible job, Well, just to be honest. Well, I say job- In general, to be someone's servant, yeah. Personal servant.
0: Like, I know, literally, body servant.
1: Yeah. I don't even... That's a terrible title.
0: Well, that was his title. That's a terrible title. So, oh, here's another thing.
1: York Hmm. had a wife. I thought they were only taking unmarried men. They
0: were, but apparently they did not recognize the marriage of an enslaved person because he had a wife.
1: Uh Aw. That means that they didn't recognize his humanity like, they didn't think that it would be heartbreaking to take take families apart, which I guess is-
0: I mean, that's consistent.
1: What they did, right? Yeah. I don't know why that surprises me.
0: Right. Now, his wife was another enslaved person. She lived in Louisville, Kentucky with- Her, obviously, with with her owner, Clark, had lived in Louisville as well with York. So we think that they, you know, met each other there and fell in love, got married, might have had children. Nobody knows. But, yeah, so it's unfortunate that Clark took York with him and didn't recognize that he was leaving loved ones behind. I think
1: York is a much better name than Meriwether. I'm just going to say that. York is a great name. York it is, is a great. So you said that he contributed greatly to mm-hmm. the expedition. What does that look like? Tell me what he did.
0: He had skills. He could swim. He used a rifle, which would have been unheard of for an enslaved mm-hmm. person to be given the liberty to carry a rifle. He was a good hunter. He brought back samples of animal life and and botanical life. Botanicals. Botanicals. hmm And when the expedition, when the members of the expedition needed to make a decision, Lewis and Clark actually took a vote, and York's vote meant just as much as everybody else's. Oh my gosh. So he had the opportunity to like live as an equal,
1: like a man among men.
0: On this expedition, it certainly appears that way. And this is an expedition that was well documented, like everybody on it kept a journal. So we know exactly what he was doing.
1: Thomas Jefferson was very clear. He was like, every day you need to tell me (laughs) like the climate. You need to tell me how you're feeling, what's going on. You need to document every day.
0: Right. So there you go. He he brought a lot of skills and he was really important. Because of his strength, he helped, you know, with paddling upstream, portaging, building shelters, navigating trails and waterways. He was an important member that way. But there's more. And this is where he actually stands out. Tell me. Okay. As even maybe more important than some of the other people on this expedition. And that's because he was pivotal in the interactions that the Expedition team had with natives that they met. Tell me, because of his stature and specifically his blackness, he was a celebrity. Like they were in. When you awe. say
1: blackness, what do you mean? I
0: mean the the physical color of his skin was astounding to the natives who had never seen um, an African American um, or at least one with that. Black dark. skin. Yes. And so some of them, there are accounts of some of the, the natives, even the chiefs, like trying to rub it off, like in him, like giving him his arm and like trying to rub the color off of his skin. Like they couldn't believe that someone would be that dark. The other thing that I, I love, love, love about him is that the the native children – were also, like, curious about him, and so they would, like, follow him around, and he would turn around and oh be like, and pretend to chase them. And so he had that sweet, playful side, too. I love that so, so much. I do, too. And there's this quote that somebody wrote down about this whole kind of situation with Lewis and Clark and having York with, with them, and uh, this guy, Richard Betts, wrote that, York was the main attraction in Lewis and Clark's traveling magic show. He was a sensation. Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow.
1: Mm-mm-mm. I mean,
0: can you kind of see that realistically, like that happening? Them seeing, you know, these strange native peoples and being like, oh, send York first. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And
1: I just love thinking that they were so curious more than frightened you know what i mean Uh like they they knew it just seems like they knew he was a man but they were like i've never
0: seen a man like this before right and he must have seemed approachable because he didn't elicit fear and i'll tell you something else that i love too that the memory of york and the oral tradition of the the quote-unquote the black man who came to the villages with lewis and clark passed down an oral tradition Until the 20th century, in some of these tribal communities. That is adorable. So, they were talking about him. Yes, I know. Isn't that amazing? Like the day that
1: he was a legend. um, The black man came to town. Yes, Yes. he
0: was a part of their stories. Yes. That's crazy. I know. That's really special. That's amazing. I love that.
1: So, they get back. Everyone gets, you said, double pay, which those right. ridiculously low numbers okay. were double yeah. pay. Good point. And a lot it. of
0: land. And a lot of land. And a lot of land. if they would want it or yeah. not or how valuable it but would be. York but York got nothing. Not a thing. So what happens?
1: So now this enslaved man yes. goes on a trip, becomes an, a, a part of society as an equal, and now has to go back to wherever the hell to be a manservant again?
0: There is evidence from some of Clark's own writings, because he wrote to his brother, that York expected to be freed after he came back, and Clark refused to free him. According to his own letters to his brother, he was not going to free him.
1: Okay, what, tell me,
0: give me a quote from his letters. Okay, so they get back in 1806, they're, they're living in St. Louis, and remember, York has a wife who's living in Louisville. So York keeps asking Clark for his freedom and so Clark. So they
1: didn't go back to where he lived. They they correct. were like, no, we're going we're gonna to live right. in St.
0: Louis now. Exactly. And York is making it very clear that one, he thinks he deserves his freedom for the immeasurable services that he provided. And so then York starts asking, fine, if you're not going to free me, then please sell me down to Louisville so I can at least be with my wife or near my wife, because right now he's not seeing his wife. So he keeps asking, and this is Clark's letters, he keeps asking to be sold. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? No, I, can't. I can't even. Like, my heart hurts even saying this. So he's asking so to be sold. So what does he do? Well, Clark finally is like, all right, I'm not going to sell you to Louisville, but I will lease you. So I'm going to rent you down to Louisville so you can spend some time with your wife, and then you're going to come back. And so here's what Clark wrote to his brother. He said, he, quote, decided to permit him to stay a few weeks with his wife he wishes to stay there altogether and hire himself which i have refused he prefers being sold to returning here he is serviceable to me at this place and i am determined not to sell him to gratify him and have directed him to return do you believe that it sounds like a pissing mash it,
1: like, like literally it's it's the thing that's it bothers me so much about it is that he is is obviously looking at him like a property, a piece of property, and not as as a man who
0: who loves his wife. He, what he's doing is exerting his power over York and putting him in his place. He's like, yeah, yeah he's flexing. You you worked for me, at, like you did some good on the expedition, but let's be clear. I own mm-hmm. you, and you do what I tell you to do. Mm-hmm. This is reality. Right. Mm-hmm. What a dick. Yeah, this is reality. This
1: is my house. This is so my York, shit.
0: Right. But he does lease York to Louisville for for some a number of months. When York comes back, guess what? What? York still isn't happy. Well, no, he has to come back. He's, quote, insolent and sulky, according to Clark. So, wow. to mend, quote unquote, mend his attitude, he has him whipped and imprisoned. I know. You can't you can't
1: whip I know someone's I know. humanity out of them. You can't like imprison someone so they would stop loving their wife and want to be by their family.
0: That is so like crazy. It's heartbreaking. Okay, so by July of 1809, Clark writes his brother that he finally, he's done with York and he has des- he has decided to hire or sell him. And this is the last mention of York oh in God. the letters written by William Clark. In 1811, there is another letter from a Louisville relative of the Clarks who mentions that York's wife moves from the Louisville area into Natchez, Mississippi.
1: So eventually he gets to go back, but he but she leaves, so they can't be together she anyway. Leaves.
0: Right. Because they're not That's... in control of their own destinies and they just have to follow along their masters. I I know this is heartbreaking. So what happens to York? Who was he sold to? What happens? Well, nobody knows, but Does the name Washington Irving ring a bell? Not at all. He was a famous author. Um, He did The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I do not know. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow? Oh, yes. The Headless Horseman. Right. So he was a famous author. And in 1832, he met with Clark. To talk about this amazing expedition that that Clark was was on and and was a leader of, right? Because this is like almost thirty years now after. Well, he was the second. He was. He was the. He was the Kaniki. He was the wingman. He was the Kaniki right? to the yeah. Danny mm-hmm. Zuko. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. Meriwether mm-hmm. Lewis, he had some emotional issues, and his his life is tragic. He ended up committing suicide a few years after the expedition. So. Aww. Yeah. So anyway, Meriwether Lewis wasn't around. Clark was around. And so this famous author wants to interview him because it's 30 years later and he's like a mm-hmm. legend, right? William Clark is a legend. So during mm-hmm. this interview, York comes up and Clark discusses him with this famous author who then writes down the account of this meeting and the conversation. And Clark reports to Washington Irving that mm-hmm. he freed York. That he freed York, and not only that, he set him up in business and gave him six horses and a wagon to start a business moving goods between Nashville and Richmond. However, according to Clark, York was lazy and didn't take care of the horses, and his business failed. And in the end, he longed to return to slavery and ended up dying of cholera. Like, that is the story of York's life as told by Clark to this author, Washington Irving. Okay,
1: I have some thoughts. (laughs) First, um, if you think that you're not being an asshole, you don't lie about the things that you've done, right, right, to cover up the truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So obviously, Clark knew he was a prick. Secondly, right? Because you don't lie if you right. think that you're that's all That's right. The, you don't have like, to. You're like, no, you I did that. Right. You don't yeah. have to lie. Yeah. Right. I did what I did, but right. that's not what Clark did. He was like, oh, I, I and then, and then, can you imagine if you really, really did free York and like set him up in a business? How, just the thought of that. Because that's all York wanted, not even a business. He just
0: wanted to be free. He just wanted to be free. I
1: know. It adds injury to insult to say after that, like this whole lie that he made up, but then say after he was free and had his own business, he was just lazy and longed to be under Clark's household again as a slave. That
0: is so not plausible. Right. Just not. right. Well, let me say that historians don't buy it either. And that there's no evidence Mm -hmm. that he ever freed York. And also Mm -hmm. that what historians think Clark was doing was he was telling a narrative that supported the pro-slavery stance politically in the 1830s. Okay. Because the whole pro-slavery argument was that... The African-American enslaved people were better off being enslaved and couldn't make it on their own if they were free. So that's what this narrative is doing for him and for his political affiliations in 1832.
1: Yeah. I want to, like, beat up William Clark's spirit. (laughs) I think you could take him. He was, like, a street fighter, whereas, like, Meriwether was more, like, hoity-toity and educated. Like, Clark was, like, rolling up his sleeves, like, like is that brain going, right? going at it. I, with I mean, you're. Yeah. Well, according know. to Ken Burns, I, I still think you could take him.
0: So, what happens to York? We, nobody really knows what happened to York. We don't know when he died, we don't know where he lived. But, but there is evidence that he might have started a new life out West. Tell me. Mm. There was this fur trader named Zenus Leonard. I'm going to call him Leonard because I don't know if I'm saying his first name right. Zenus Leonard. And Leonard um, published a memoir of his travels in 1839. Now, modern scholars consider Leonard to be super reliable. Like he was mm-hmm. a truth teller. And he reported meeting not once, but twice. Um, a quote-unquote Negro man living with the Crow people in what is today Wyoming. So nobody questions that Leonard really met this man, but rather who he was. Leonard was credible? Oh, very credible. And the black man told Leonard himself that he had returned from St. Louis to the area after first visiting it with Lewis and Clark. He never gave Leonard his name. He never gave Leonard his name.
1: I really, really, really hope that that's York. Did Leonard have any indication of how he was living among the crows? Like, were they best? Yeah, well, I'm going to
0: read from his 1832 journal entry. How do you like that? Is that impressive that, that I have that right? In front I like of me. it. Mm-hmm. In this village, mm-hmm. eighteen thirty-two. Huh? In this village, we found a Negro man who informed us that he first came to this country with Lewis and Clark, with with whom he also returned to the state of Missouri, and a few years returned again with a Mister McKinney, a trader on the Missouri River, and has remained here ever since. Which is about. 10 or 12 years. He has acquired a correct knowledge of their manner of living and speaks their language fluently. He has rose to be quite a considerable character or chief in their village. At least he assumes all the dignities of a chief, for he has four wives with whom he lives alternately. This is the custom of many of the chiefs.
1: So he was living as a chief. As a sister-wife husband. Yeah.
0: (laughs) As a polygamist, is what yeah, he was doing. apparently, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I really hope that that's York. Do you think it's York? Like intuitively, I do. But you know, historians looked coincidentally at whether or not it could have been James Beckworth. Isn't that interesting? Why would why would they even put those together? Right, question? like this is a major breadcrumb for us, by the way, that we're supposed to be talking about York uh-huh. because yeah. So you know, James Beckworth also reported. You're always bringing it
1: back to bringing
0: <laughs> yeah, We had bringing back to Backworth. We had, It was okay. real. It was real, Jill. It was real. <laughs> so Beckworth also mm-hmm. reported living with the Crow people as a chief. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The Crow if leggings. We ca- and wearing the Crow leggings. Exactly. But historians mm-hmm. don't think this was Beckworth, even though Beckworth reported living as a Crow chief, too. Because, one, Beckworth was younger than York. Um, Two, Backworth was not especially dark-skinned. That's right. He was half-white. That's exactly right. His daddy, if you remember, was the master. His master. Mm -hmm. And also, um, the fact that this Negro man never told Leonard his name is completely out of character for Beckworth. Beckworth was a major self-promoter. Yes. He would have been telling everybody yes. what his name was. And the fact that York didn't share mm-hmm. his name meant that maybe he had freed himself, right? Because he would mm-hmm. probably want to keep that under wraps, <laughs> you know, just in case. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? Um,
1: it makes sense. Like I can see James Beckworth like being in like a bar and someone being and someone being like, "Oh, there's a black person living among the natives," and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, that was me. You didn't know,
0: right?" And totally take credit. Yeah, I could so see that. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And, by the way, um, I will tell you this, that James Beckworth reported in his autobiography about doing some of the accomplishments of the Chief of the Crows that kind of mimic what Leonard says his Negro friend did, like, 20 years before. Shut your mouth. Do you know what I'm saying? Mouth. So, like, 20 years later. Yeah, because in, in
1: James Beckworth. Autobiography, right? That we talked about, season two, episode 10. He said that he described right. himself doing yes. some of the things that were very parallel, if not 100% similar to what Leonard said York did. Bingo. Or at least the black man living among the crows.
0: And, you know, to be honest, I feel like that's kind of what happened when we were out on the road. That Swear to God, I feel like we were picking up up. on the man, the 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 African American man living like a chief, being the first, being an explorer, you know, having positive relations with the tribal people. And Mm -hmm. I think Beth Beckworth was so loud in my ear saying, That was me. I was important. Mm. Wow. Let me sit with that. And yet this quieter enslaved type energy would not leave us alone would not leave us alone.
1: And was more consistent. Right. Exactly. Throughout the entire trip. He wouldn't
0: he wouldn't he, he wouldn't kept let bringing us, us back to Lewis and Clark, Lewis and Clark. And that's why mm-hmm. I think he needs a voice. I love it.
1: I when um this morning, just this morning, I was googling York. I found out that there was a bust created in the image of york in um oregon oh and that's nice yeah yeah there's also a big statue in louisville which makes sense that was his hometown but the same year that we were doing our season two road trip a white (gasps) supremacy group destroyed it
0: oh that's Mm mm-hmm that's awful that's awful. Mm-hmm. Well, how timely for us to be talking about York. And you know what? We have not mentioned, by the way, Sacagawea, because Sacagawea was also a very important figure on this expedition. She was, she was a big, a big deal. deal. She was the 16-year-old mother of an infant who basically came along and saved all their asses more than once. Lewis um, wrote that her manner and her her courage were that of
1: like 10 men and compared her specifically to his to. Her husband, who was like a hot mess.
0: I love that that she was sixteen and she was so poised and capable and smart, and she literally saved them again and again. And had a newborn baby on her back. I know, I know. She also got nothing. She got nothing for her efforts. Mm. She is celebrated, though. She is celebrated today, and she we know celebrated. the name Sacagawea, and she's on you know dollar dollar coins. And she yeah, has the stamps coin. and she's monuments. Adorable. You know, she is celebrated, and she was amazing. And she's another reason, another mi- a minority, by the way, who like saved this entire expedition. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it's time that York also gets a voice. He was just as important.
1: When I think about York, like in spirit, when he comes to us in spirit, because he's been with us, like I said, right. like this whole time. Like he won't leave us alone. He feels so loving and, and calm and jovial. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and just like a like a bright spirit. Oh, I lo- I love him so much. I know mm-hmm. it feels like we know him. He's been with us a lot. That's amazing. Well, I hope we satisfied his uh, his spirit. Thank, thank you, you for you're... being
0: with us. But now you can rest. We talked <laughs> about you. All right, um, Jill. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find us or get in contact with us?
1: Sure. Oh. Sure. You can look us up on our Facebook page, Common Mystics Pod, and our Instagram account, Common Mystics Pod. You can find us on our website, commonmystics.net. Anywhere you're listening to your favorite podcast, we're there. But if you tune in to Apple Podcast, leave us a positive review so your friends can find us. But wait, Jen, what? We have to say hello to our new listeners that found us because we we've been getting so much feedback about how people appreciate the show, and we just want to say hi, thank you for listening,
0: and we're so glad that we found you. Thank you, you too. so much. Keep listening, keep reaching out. We love your messages, and we'll um, see you soon. Thank you, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye, bye.